Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Coves, welcome to Action City. Emmy! Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Hello. This is my peppy voice. I was going to say, that was so cheery. I know. I'm just, <laughs> just, just all pumped. Yeah. You ate an orange. Today. I ate an orange. I'm yeah. like, yeah. stomach stop growling. <laughs> I really feel a lot, but it was a sumo orange. Okay. Oh, the way you can yeah. still get mm-hmm. the sumos, but they were much, this, this yeah, was, was much small smaller. sumo. I know. It was still very good. Juicy and sweet and perfectly plump. Ew. <laughs> Those are, those are bad. If you love sumos, you know what I'm talking about. No, I love a sumo, but they're just expensive. Uh, exactly. Which is why the small ones are good because now I feel like there's less skin. So you're paying for less skin. Paying. That makes more. They that are make, Yeah, that makes more. But they're totally sense. worth it. Where'd you get it? Whole Foods? I got it at Whole Foods. There was a big, you know, they yeah, like, yeah, yeah, walk yeah. in the front mm-hmm. door. There was a big table and I was walked by and I was like, okay, I'm not getting any more. And I couldn't help myself. I'm looking forward to cherry season. That's my oh, favorite. Oh, it's starting, I uh-huh. think. But you... You know, they have to be good. Do you like a white cherry or a red cherry? Bag? Definitely red. Definitely red. Really? Yeah. Like my fingers are like stained by the end. I like to make anything, any kind of dessert with cherries, cherry ice cream, Ooh, cherry yeah. pie, cherry, like this is French mm-hmm. thing called a calfuti that I'm like obsessed Ooh, with. It's like a, a cross between like a pancake and a crepe kind of like eggy Yum. custard, but with the cherries kind of t- tucked in. Oh. It's going to crispy on top. Oh, it's so good. That sounds amazing. So yeah, I'm excited for that too. Okay. Well tell me what's been going on. I mean, what's your pit? What's your peak? Give me an update. I feel like, well, okay. I guess let's start with my pit just because I don't know. I'm having trouble. I figured, I think I've realized that I'm getting really angry about people not getting vaccinated. And I know we're, we never talk about this yeah, stuff because it's like, mm-hmm. but I've just, and honestly, I really do try to, cause I know wonderful people who are choosing not to, and I say they're wonderful people cause I believe they are. And I know we probably have listeners who aren't getting vaccinated and I don't know. I just found myself getting like irrationally angry this last week when I hear about I have a couple of family members who aren't, I have, you know, some people in my life who have been posting things and I'm just like, I don't know, I'm, I'm having trouble. I've really been able to shake off a lot, like, especially over the last year. <laughs> yes. And I'm having a hard time shaking this one for some reason. And listen, I'm not the most informed person. I know that. And I'm doing, you know, what I think is correct. And based on, I don't know, it just, it just, I, I'm more, the pit isn't that people aren't getting vaccinated necessarily because that is their choice and that is their right. And I need to remind myself the pit is that I'm getting like angry at these people, like not to vocally, just like in my mind. Yeah. Like I'm having those, like, why do you think you're getting so angry? What do you think? I don't know. I think it's because they're just the people in my life who aren't really protected from COVID like the elderly. And, you know, it's like, I just feel like it's kind of a blatant, there's, there was a situation where there was people in my family who did get COVID and the people who aren't getting vaccinated were kind of the cause of it. So now I think I'm getting upset because it's Mm -hmm. like, they have this opportunity to now protect people in our family and not cause this to happen again. And they're choosing not to. And I think that's, what's making me a little bit more angry. And now it's just spilling over into everybody everybody. else in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm like trying to deal with it. I don't know. I don't know what to do about it because I feel like you know, I don't really, I try to stay pretty middle. I try to stay pretty neutral and I'm just, I don't know. I'm having trouble with this one. 
I think it's hard to know what to say to people when they say, no, I haven't been vaccinated. I, I think I have a hard time going between trying to convince them to get vaccinated, even right. though they've already decided not to. Right. And sort of just brushing or brushing it off. I mean, what's the right thing to do? Yeah. Well, and if you believe in getting vaccinated, should, I, you, should you try to convince your friends who aren't getting vaccinated to get vaccinated? I think that my problem is, and I think a lot of people is like, usually when somebody is telling you the reasons they're not, they're not like rational reasons, right? It's not right. there. It's some article they read from some weird source that are something they saw on social media. And you're like, this isn't real. So it makes it harder to have that conversation. Right. But, and that's, what's hard for me right now with these particular people in my life. It's like their rationalizations are not rational. Right. Yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, well you can't, you can't rationalize with the irrational. So that's yeah. why I'm like in this circle of like, I don't know, just not wanting to talk to them or wanting to call them out or wanting to send them an article to like, you know, it's like, I'm just, but then I'm like, why I'm more upset that I'm spending so much energy on it. Right. right? Cause like, there's really nothing you can necessarily do, do about it. I mean, yeah. I guess we do have a little bit of a platform here. And I know. And that's and what I I'm talking about it, vaccinated. but I'm just, I guess why I wanted to bring it up on this platform is because I know there have to be other people who are feeling the same way mm -hmm. I feel where you want to accept these people for it is their right. It is their, I mean, you know, we all can make these decisions for ourselves, And so it just gets really tough. Right. And so I just, I don't know, I guess if anybody else is feeling the way I'm feeling, it's like, you're not alone, but also if you're a listener and you're not getting vaccinated, like that is your right. Mm -hmm. And I need to remind myself of that. Right. It's like, but I think when it comes so close to home, you feel a little bit more intense about it. So I'm trying to figure out how to cope with it and how to let it go. Well, I, we did talk earlier today about community and coming together right. and inclusiveness and supporting yeah. each other. And it might be, be a way that we do that is to get vaccinated to, for the betterment of and that's, the community. Right. And that's kind of my whole thing, right? It's like, if you have the opportunity to protect somebody you love, like, why wouldn't you? And I think that that's my, the hardest part. Or even to protect somebody that's nameless and faceless. Exactly. Right? Or I mean, to, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. We have a direct person. Right. And yeah. So like you have a reason, like there is a physical mm -hmm. person in front of you. That's the reason. And then, you know, I don't know. So that's my pet. Oh, well, we're going to work on that this week. <laughs> I know. I think it's also just like, I'm really bad at letting things go. <laughs> so I have a hard time with that too. Just let so it, learning when I get myself just, worked up about something, it's virtually impossible for me to yeah, and I, forget about it. And that's the thing. It's like, I get worked up and then it's like until I say something to somebody. And so unfortunately there's a microphone in front of my face and now I'm saying it to a lot of people. To a lot of people. <laughs> well, what was your peak? I think my peak was just this whole last weekend. It was so fun. So <laughs> Jeff planned a dinner with a group of eight people, which has, he was, or he organized. Mm -hmm. he, Jim, do you hear that? Did you hear that Jeff planned a dinner with eight people? We, Here's your chance. It was so funny because it was, so we have a game, a game night group. There's four couples in our game night group, including us. And, um, yeah, Jeff and one of the other husbands, like 
plan dinner. And all of, all of the wives we were like cracking up because one of them, they didn't even tell their wife till the night before. So we didn't realize that <laughs> they didn't even know, or she didn't even know. And then one of them, she had texted me about something else. And I was like, I guess I'll see you on Friday. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, we're going to dinner. We're going to dinner. Didn't you know? <laughs> didn't you know? So, so what were the plans? Well, so we went to La Brasa for dinner. Okay. I'm dying. Well, I'm dying to go to La Brasa. Have well, you not been there no, for dinner? No, but I'm, I had reservations and then we decided to go to Frida instead. So oh, I need to go. it's really good. Did you like dance on the tables late night or what? So we did not, but that is the vibe. Yeah. Um, but I got paella. That was really good. It was, mm-hmm. was the rice crunchy? It was, it came in like a big iron. I mean, Wait, it was, was it like huge. the flat one with the uh-huh. tiny little uh-huh. edge. Uh-huh. That's it. I'm going. I'm yeah. Going this and weekend. then Jeff got bip and bop. Um, which, they have bip and bop. Mm-hmm. How can you have bip and bop and paella at the same restaurant? It's well, not a cheesecake factory. It, I think, well, so they, oh, because the people that yeah. own it are Vietnamese, even though Bip and Bop is not Vietnamese. I think, I think Bip and Bop is Korean. It's but, Korean. Um, yeah. I don't know what the, the food, I don't it's, know. It's a, it's a, it's international flair. It's, it, it's international. I heard the roasted chicken is off okay, the charts. So we got, well, first of all, we could have split either one of those. The paella and the Bip and Bop are both massive, but the three other couples split a chicken and they were all loving it. So I feel like it would be fun to go and get, like we should have done tapas style and gotcha. gotten bit and bop and, and then paella well, and that the didn't chicken. end up happening. Like, did you feel like your dish was your dish and nobody want, I would have been like eating off everybody else's Well, they plates. all got chicken. So it's like they, like there wasn't. Pass the chicken. Well, I know, but all f- six other people all had chicken, right? Gotcha. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It just didn't yeah. work out that way. I, well, yeah. Um, I would have been eating off everyone's plates. Yeah. And then we went to up, down, down, up, up, down. Lee and I drove down, drove past up down the other day and we stopped and we're like, can you bring kids in here? And the guy was so nice. He's like, no, no. no. So basically the age is what you said, like 21 to 26. Like we were the oldest people at 31. I was like telling you and your husband, it was so funny because we were all like in sundresses and little flats and our clutches and uh, the boys were in <laughs> sweaters around your neck, button downs. And we walk in and like everybody is in jeans and like no dresses. Like we, we stuck it's more out of a neutral as, palette. I'm assuming. Well, it's like a Gen Z look. Yeah. It's like a cropped top with the high-waisted jeans. It's a little bit like a 90s look. Yeah, very 90s. Yeah. And we looked like, I don't even know. <laughs> you like, stepped out of a Lily Pulitzer catalog? Well, he was like, your husband was like, yeah, you guys look like you come from a rehearsal dinner. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> we look like we come from a rehearsal dinner. Um, yeah. So that was Friday. And then Saturday night, we tried to go to Goro, but their system was down. So we went to Oso instead, which was wonderful. Did you have to wait at Oso? Uh, we did wait, but not very, like 10 minutes. Did you sit at the bar? Or you uh-huh, sit? We sat at the bar. I love to sit at the bar there. Did mm-hmm. you eat the pasta wheel things? I did not because I'm not doing gluten and they have gluten in them. Those things too? I mm-hmm. thought they were rice. I looked it up. It's, it's a pot, it's flour, wheat flour. No wonder they're so good. Mm-hmm. So, um, but they are, yeah, I like looked at them and I was like, Jeff, are, and he's like, these are pasta. And I was like, okay, then I probably shouldn't eat it. It's Did you have the margarita though? Yeah, oh of course. God, drinks are good. The vegan, they have like a vegan pasoli that's so good. You um, had the- I had the vegan enchiladas. Wonderful. Really good. I have a recipe for that at home. That I'm oh, make. it was so good. They were very good. Um, so yeah, so we went out two nights and then you and really? I went to the Memorial Museum, which was also really great. So Jim was our chauffeur. We was, so you know, I was so happy because I asked him, I said, you know, I think Amy and I are going to go to the museum. Do you want to go? And he's like, I would have really loved to. Oh, that and was really nice. It was nice. He was our chauffeur. And it he- was nice. I felt, yeah, I felt like mom and dad came and picked me up. Although you and Jim are like more like 
Big brother, big sister. We're like in the middle of mom and dad and you. Maybe probably. like a cool uncle and aunt. Okay, good. That makes yeah, me yeah. feel better. But, but they, yes. I, I get in their car and Catherine's like, Emmy, are you going to be cold? I was like, no, she mom. She wearing shorts. I was like, my God, it's going to be freezing. <laughs> and then of course, guess what? We went to the museum and it was freezing, but I didn't say anything when we got there. I thought she must be cold. I wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't? No. Okay. Well, we did. We, we didn't say which museum we went to. We went to the Oklahoma National oh, Memorial yeah. Museum mm-hmm. where I had not been since probably 2002 or three. Yeah. I went in high school and then I hadn't been back since. So it was really great. Really it was highly recommended. Highly recommended. It but was. Yeah. So that was kind of my weekend. What was your pit? What was your peak? Okay. Well, my pit was that my pit wasn't that Jim had to go to Norman. So Jim went to Norman on Sunday for a trial. And when he goes to do trials, he likes to stay there. So he doesn't have to come back and forth and he has to work at night. So he went on Sunday night and then he- Oh, for Monday morning. For Monday morning. Oh, gotcha. So, gotcha. and then, but the trial wasn't over till Thursday afternoon. So he didn't come home till Thursday night. But so when he goes out of town, I'm in charge of the dog. Oh yeah. It is a full-time job. I, I don't have like an extra hour built into my day for this. Okay. There, there's no extra hour to By be the managing way, the dog. I've never met Boo, your dog. Did but you? But like you- You never met Boo? No, I did. Over remember? the other day, yeah. But whenever you describe Boo, I think of this big dog. Uh-uh. He, teeny tiny. He's like a tiny little, little I, mean, I don't know if he's like big. You can't really pick him up and carry him around. He's no, like no, a he's, medium-sized yeah, dog. Yeah, he's maybe. not a lap dog, but he's no. not a big lab. Like no. I was I was envisioning like a big, big dog. And then I walk in your office and he's like this teeny little thing. And I'm like, how can he be causing this? Oh, he causes so much trouble. So, <laughs> I mean, he has to be walked like three times a day and he can't, he has to be in his little house. He can't be roaming the house. I mean, in the backyard's being under construction, a whole situation. So on Thursday, was it Thursday? Yeah. I, or Wednesday, Wednesday, I br- it was on Wednesday. I think I bring him to work because <laughs> they were doing stuccoing our house in the back. I get to work. I kind of let him wander around the shop. Somebody opens the front door, which is what people do when they come to a shop. And I wasn't really sort of paying attention. And he darted out the front door, ran, well, he has no regard for traffic or cars or anything, ran all over the parking lot, ran all the way back to my house, ran all the way back down the street to Panera, I was walking in these huge platform shoes with this long skirt that was like hitting the ground all the way down to the Panera. My, thank goodness my friend Sarah found me, helped me get the dog. We got him back into the car. We take him back to the office. I have him on the leash. I'm like, he's not going anywhere, right? Oh, that's right. I'm holding him. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm not paying attention. I'm holding my leash. And all of a sudden the leash like retracts back into itself. And I look down and that freaking dog has chewed through the leash. Okay. While I was standing there holding it. And, and that was it. I, I literally put it in my office. I couldn't deal anymore. But I mean, I just don't have time to manage a dog. So yeah. my pit was, I mean, I did miss Jim, but my pit was really dealing with the dog. I'm not cut out for it. I mean, I did. I took him on walks. I was so nice to him. And he still acted like, a, you know what? <laughs> so that was the pit. The pit. The peak. I mean, I, I feel like I always have a lot of peaks. But the peak that's sort of coming to mind was that we... Um, was our 17th wedding yes, anniversary, anniversary on Saturday. Yeah. 17 years is a long time. I mean, that's longer than I lived at home. I mean, there's I left no home when I was 16. There's no 17-year itch anymore. There's no, or there's any, not a 17-year yeah. itch. That's for sure. I'm <laughs> stuck with them now. But but we, and we realized that the 17th present is furniture. Oh, it is? Yeah. So Jim calls and he's like, do you know that the present is furniture? And I was like, perfect. I've really been wanting these chairs. Oh. So why don't we, you know, so I think we're going to get some chairs that we had wanted. But so- Wait, that's hilarious. I mean, I did no card, nothing, but I did make a dinner reservation because typically in the past, our anniversaries have been underwhelming. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. We've never gone on a trip. We've never actually officially planned anything. So earlier in the week, I was like, that's it. I'm picking the restaurant because if not, I'm going to end up at Charleston's, which as you know, it's not my favorite spot. No. So I made a reservation at Ludivine. 
And Jim came home from Norman and I said, we're going to Ludovine for our anniversary. And he said, who are you taking? And I said, it's you. You're the one that's coming with me. So he liked it, right? You know, he did end up really liking it, but I mean, I was like stressing out all day about what to wear. Normally I really don't care. So I, I like wore this dress that had been in my closet that I'd never worn before. It was clearly way too dressy for Ludovine, but I didn't really care. And I put heels on and we went for dinner and you know what? It was, they're still really strict at Ludovine. I mean, they still have curtains between every single table. They have plexiglass at the bar, but you still get that sort of cozy feel. So we sat at the bar and we, we watched them cooking in the kitchen. So fun. Which was so much fun, but it makes you realize how much butter goes on everything. Yeah. I mean, oh, (laughs) Well, if Jennifer's listening to this podcast, I am supposed to be on the all in jumpstart this week. So oh, I was right. eating all vegan, all vegetables, all healthy all week. And I might've cheated on Saturday night. Happy I mean, I did order the homemade, I did order the homemade bread that was covered in butter and then they served it with honey butter. It's Ooh. several pieces of that. I had did some you certain, drink. I had a drink and a glass of wine. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. But so that was really a fun night. It was fun to go to dinner with Jim. But my other peak is, and I did tell Jennifer that I was going to say this, that, you know, I've, so the all in is pretty much vegan. Yeah. I mean, you could, I could have like chicken broth or I could have, I could have like a little bit of chicken, but I haven't. I feel so, I can't yeah. even tell you the energy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. normally by like nine 30 at night, I can't even keep my eyes open. And I just feel like I'm up and going and I'm not exhausted and I just wish I had the resolve to do it all the time. I mean, I pretty much do it all the time except for fish. God, you're so good. Well, meat is becoming less and less desirable to me. I mean, I yeah. still had some bites of Jim's steak on Saturday night, but I'm ordering like the vegetarian option right, right. as opposed to the big giant steak. But yeah, I think that's good. I feel so much better. I think, yeah, I agree. I feel better too. I think- for me though, it's easy to sort of be vegan because I'm not eating dairy or gluten. Right. So it like kind of, you kind of, it kind like, of narrows it down, kind of narrows it down for you. Yeah, not- um, so, but I also feel like too, there's so many better like vegan resources. Like had I tried to do this yes. even five years ago, I mean, it would have been really difficult. It would have been harder. And like, you know, obviously having Emma help is amazing, but she gives me all these good recipes. I mean, mm-hmm. you can cook vegan and still make fun, interesting stuff. I did get this really great cookbook called Love and Lemons. Oh, I don't know that one. I'm making a some sort of like tomatillo white bean and garbanzo bean soup for dinner. Ooh. But there's like it's really interesting, lots of different flavors. So I'm I'm going to work my way through that book and I'll report back on that. That reminds soup. me, have you done Emma's vegan sloppy joes? No. I mean, I do it what without it, like carrots or what? No, it's lentils. Oh, I but love you, lentil. But I did lentils, garbanzo beans and black beans. Oh, that sounds delicious. It was really good. Cause it's all just spices. Yeah. And it's I, really, yeah. it's really just spices. Mm-hmm. I did sneak in. I had a taco last night too, but it was a taco with all the vegetables in it. There was, and, and I said right. that on the way home with my friends. I was like, you guys, a taco is a taco. It's really just about the spices. Yeah. It was delicious. And I yeah. had no meat in it, no cheese in it, nothing. It was literally the vegetables and it tasted just like any other taco I'd ever had. Exactly. That's what I, especially Mexican food. I feel like you especially, really, which is yeah. why Jim should be vegan. Cause he's loves Mexican Actually food. pro tip. This yeah. Siete taco oh, seasoning. Yes. I put it on everything. Wait, that's such a good idea. Yeah. I put like in chili yeah. and like when I'm seasoning vegetables, I'll just sprinkle it. Cause it's, it like doesn't taste. It does, it's, yeah. It just tastes good. I mean, it, and it, there are some dates in it, some uh, powdered dates. So that's what gives it a little sweetness. bit of sweetness, but it's not very much like at all. 
Okay. I'm going to get some of that. Okay. You guys, we're really excited about our next guest. I mean, just as a disclaimer, he was an usher in our wedding. (laughs) I've known him for so long. We, we really can't remember exactly how long we've known each other, but I just say, I can't remember not knowing him, but Bob Ross or Robert J. Ross, as we like to formally call him, currently serves as chairman and CEO of Inasmuch Foundation, which was founded by Edith Kenny Gaylord in 1982. After working as an attorney at McAfee Taft, Bob left to work full-time with Inasmuch and has been there since 2003. He is a graduate of Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School and Washington and Lee University, where he received a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration. Just like me, that was mine. That was my degree. He received his JD from the University of Oklahoma. Ross is a member of too many boards to mention, but a few of the notable ones are Board of Directors at Colorado College, Greater Oklahoma City Chamber of Commerce, Oklahoma City Museum of Art, Oklahoma City National Memorial Museum, Oklahoma State Fair, John Rex Charter School, and OU Foundation. He is also a member of the Young Presidents Organization, or YPO. Bob has worked tirelessly on behalf of the Gaylord family to better the lives of Oklahomans. He is a bright light and the ultimate cheerleader for our city. Bob is married to Heather Ross and has a daughter, Lily, and a son, Frank. Welcome to Action City, Bob. Hi, this is Catherine, one of the hosts of Action City. I have two loves, fashion and food. So far, I've only figured out how to make one of them a career. Owning Greta Sloan, Oklahoma City's premier fashion destination, has been the highlight of my 20-plus years in the industry. It's a place where people and creativity come together. My team and I do the hard work of curating designers from all over the world and then narrowing down the best of their creations to make the shopping experience one of discovery and fun. We want our clients to eye their treasures from Greta Sloan as the favorite pieces in their closets and the ones that bring them the most joy to wear. We'll see you at the shop in Nicholson's Plaza off 63rd and Western or Check us out on Instagram at Greta Sloan, G-R-E-T-T-A-S-L-O-A-N-E. Hi, Bob. Hello. It's so fun to see you. It's so good to see you guys. I never thought that you and I would be sitting across the table from each other on a podcast. Like who even knew that was a thing when we were growing up? Who would have known? Who would have known? Well, Bob is definitely our most um, prepared guest. He has notes. You guys. He's listened to all of the episodes. He's, I mean, number one guest. I'm a big fan. And Mm -hmm. his his people sent us his headshot and bio at 6 Mm a.m. I mean, we're impressed. Emmy and I are going to get a person. Yes. You all need people. We're each other's people. It's not working (laughs) out. It's not working. We need an actual like person with oversight. Well, we've Richard. Richard's our people who does, he does our, like he actually does good stuff for us. But yeah, but no, the people, we need somebody who's supposed to do what we're supposed to do. Right. Right. Richard's awesome. I came in here and broke everything. (laughs) In like two seconds. Yeah, exactly. He likes to fix things. Well, so we start at the beginning. Okay. Were you born in Oklahoma City? I was born in Oklahoma City, grew up uh, here. In fact, I'm fourth generation Oklahoma City. My uh, great-grandfather made the land run of 1889, and uh, he came in on the train and got off downtown Oklahoma City, walked across the street to uh, what's today the Cox Convention Center, and he staked his claim and built a bakery called the Bakery of Indian Territory. So we've been here since the land run. Wait, Really? And that, that like cool? the train was mm-hmm. running during so the land run. The pictures you see are people on horseback and carriage. Mm-hmm. He took the train. He uh, was smart. Yeah, very smart. And from Texas, he came up from Texas and where in Texas took, took the train. He was yeah. just at the border. He had, okay. He had, yeah, he had stayed there and, and left his family and and uh, kids there. Uh, but yeah, you 
That's just, so just interesting. The bakery of Indian territory. You know, of course, all I'm thinking about is, mm, I wonder what kind of things they baked there. Was it good? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess. I'm I don't really know. No one's ever food. asked me that. Well, so how did that, so obviously your family, like things have evolved, right? Since owning a bakery. So how, what was that journey like? Isn't that Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. He didn't stay in the bakery business too long. And so they eventually sold that spot and got a house. And it's uh, the house, they lived in this house that is where the um, big og uh um, station was downtown Oklahoma city where they had a move for the convention center. Yeah. So they basically lived, their house was kind of over by the convention center, but no, um, my dad grew up, uh, on 16th street, which is now like a really cool oh, and hip district. Yes. Well, his house was right there. Um, right. Uh, as, as you're, you know, right. As you're coming in the district, that's, where my, house was that's where my grandmother yeah, grew that's up. Nice to say. That's where yeah. she would have been probably like 10 years older than your dad though. 10 yep. or 15 years older than you. Yeah. Dad. He was at Marion and, uh, and 16th and right next, I mean, right next to the restaurants are right in his backyard now. So that was, that was their house. And then of course, uh, he, uh, mom and dad got married. He was, he was, uh, old when they got married. She was eight years younger. So he's, he waited oh. forever to get married. He was like 34 which at the time was probably ancient. Oh, it was ancient. You should yeah. have been like a grandparent by that point. But he was eight years older. And so they, they were both big Catholic family and, uh, met, they met on a, on a blind date. They were on a date with someone else. So they, that's where they met. Wait a minute. Yeah. Your dad was on a date with one person, your mom on yes. another person. And they started talking yes. while they were on that date. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. So that's how they- <laughs> I also feel bad for those other two I people. I know. What happened to the other yeah. two people? Maybe you know, they got together. Dad asked yeah. the his friend if he could ask my mom out. And he's like, oh, sure. Go, go for Yeah, it. this is just a first I feel like too back then it was much more like dates were not as serious, right? You would go on lots of dates with lots of people. Yes. It was like a little bit less- Coke dates. Is- that's how they met. And then they got married real quick after they met. And uh, they had my uh, older sister, Becky, who's 10 years older than uh, me and my twin sister, Molly. And so there was kind of like two two families. By the time we were born, you know, Becky was like the best babysitter and she was just awesome. And we were living in Lakehurst when we were born, but uh, mom and dad bought a lot in Nichols Hills um, on Ivandale Court and they built a house. They built that house? They built the house. You know, Nichols Hills, they, there were, there was just lots. I mean, when we, they, they, we moved in in uh, 1977 and they just moved out of the house uh, about a, a year and a half ago. They just moved out, but they stayed. Wait, I didn't forever. realize they moved out. Yeah, they did. They, there was a lot of house. It was, them. they're yeah. on grand circle now where no lot, no, oh, you know, yes. it's kind of zero. Oh yeah. Lot. With the green, the green yeah, belt, green belt, no, mm-hmm. no, no big yard to take care of and that type of thing. But That's so nice. I grew up there and uh, just loved it. It was just uh, idyllic. I mean, people, a lot of houses were being built during the time and it sort of took forever to get the Nichols Hills built out. You all, everyone thinks it's always been like like that, but we had just empty lots all around us. And, uh, but a lot of good friends, um, you know, met my, uh, my first friend, Brett Gardner. He, the day we moved in, he walked down and said, will you be my friend? And I was like, sure. <laughs> he, he, I was three Wait, and how, he was four. <laughs> and that was my first friend. You had really high standards back Wait, then. So which schools did you go to? And so I did Christ the King, okay. uh, McGinnis. Okay. And, uh, but most of uh, all the kids on the block went to Cassidy and maybe one heritage, but they were a lot of Cassidy, uh, kids on the block. And we had a bunch of kids and that was what was fun at night. We would just run around like crazy people and yeah. just, you know, I remember then the houses were being built around us. So we'd go like jump off the unfinished houses and the roofs. And I got, I got dangerous. a neck, uh, I got like neck whiplash one, <laughs> one night because I jumped from a, a roof that was too high up. And oh, I mean, no. I love when I see all the kids now riding their bikes around and it is so cool. It's so, it, it yeah. just reminds me of growing up. It does. I know and, the little like, 
posses like the mm-hmm. seventh grade boys oh the seventh like, grade boys oh are my thick gosh oh, yeah, yeah. You, you can see them all and but a lot of it um, we met a lot of people at the pool at the country club I mean, yeah that's how we met that's, i met you i, I, don't I was know trying how to think about it. how did we've I known each other since we were i mean really, but also really you and molly are very you said have an, have an iconic sort of look to you yes. so it's really you don't blend in <laughs> with i mean so two molly, redhead so my twin twins. sister molly she i ended up being then friends with all the girls in town and she ended up being the friends with all the boys in town because we just knew everyone it was i was like the know perfect what, combination yeah, it was a good combo i, I mean yeah Wait, okay. So I can't remember when we met. I can't but remember it was, when we, we met. Were, we were young. We were really little. And I, I, mean, say, I can't remember paths. not knowing you. We'll we probably crossed paths at one of those parties where the, our parents dressed us up in suits. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, like uh, assembly. So, yeah. No, I mean earlier, like maybe like at the Dalton's Christmas party oh, oh, or something. Oh, the Dalton's. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's definitely where we met. We probably then. met like at one of those Christmas <laughs> parties. Christmas I mean, remember those? Party. Those are great Christmas those parties. Those were great Christmas parties. Oh my God, we look forward to that. I love those parties. And they would just have everyone in town. You would just spill out into the yard. Uh-huh. Somebody bought that house and they're redoing it. Okay, yeah. I well, love that house. That's funny. That but, uh, that's hysterical. probably where we met. Okay, so <laughs> high school was fun though. Oh, we had so much fun. Loved McGinnis and uh it was it was great. Just Was it as big then? I, I can't remember. I feel Yeah, like they have about the same size oh, they classes. Do? Yeah. Do they really? Yeah, I wow. think it was once I think my class is 175, which is kind of that's about what they've got now. And I didn't, I didn't play sports. I mean, it's just too hard. I mean, it's yeah. too competitive. So I decided, okay, I'm not going to be good at sports. I mean, I went out for baseball and they let me drive the team to the games <laughs> because I had, responsible. A, I had the, uh, I had the green station wagon with fake wood, uh, fake wood oh. paneling on the outside. Do you remember that? Yes. And then Molly, oh God, I love Molly that. had the brand new uh, Liberian <laughs> convertible. Of she did. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So I was in the <laughs> she wagon deserved that. and she wouldn't drive it because like, like one Christmas I put a Christmas tree on top of it. You know, people put those stupid wreaths on the front yeah, and yeah. I was like, I'm going to put a whole Christmas tree on my neck decorated it, put the Christmas tree up. That's hysterical. So Molly would not drive the, would not drive the car. So I drove the car. I loved it though. I could pile everyone in, but I figured I'm sick of driving the baseball team to the game. So I decided on student council. So I was uh, a junior class president and then student council president. And as I tell my kids, you know, very big man on campus. I mean, just uh, horribly popular. Everyone loved me. (laughs) They think I'm lying, but it's true. It's true. High school hero. Yeah. Lifetime hero. It's true. Frank and Lily. (laughs) It's true. He definitely, I I will agree. He was cool in high yeah. school Frank and Millie, just so you know he really was <laughs> wait so, so was it was it fun to have a twin it was so fun we uh we were best friends you were never alone you know traveling mom and dad uh were um you know dad was older and so we kind of had older older parents in that respect and so they took us different places all over traveling and restaurants and stuff and so it was always fun to have a have I a do twin. think though that those older parents kind of I we would be considered older parents Back when we were growing up, yeah. like, I mean, my dad was forty-four yeah. when I was born. That's so. a, I just did which that now is yeah. sort of yeah would be sort well, of normal. Forty-four is maybe maybe a little I mean, on I'm, the older I'm side. I'm forty-seven, so and I'm my yeah, youngest have is three, twelve. Yeah, you'd so. have a three-year-old. Yeah, which yeah, is, you'd, right. Yeah, that's that's. I think that I'm wondering. I think my brother-in-law was maybe older than 44 mm-hmm. when Emery was born, when my niece was Back born. then, it was yeah. not. It, it, was, was, it was, yeah, unusual. Well, and like age is relative, right? Mm-hmm. It's like how you feel and, you know. I remember, because, you know, by the time I was 10, he's 54, and I remember playing on the baseball team at Christ the King and the coach, one of the dads was 30. He's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I could be your dad. I could be your dad. I could be your dad. It was great having older parents because it, you just got, they took, they just took us everywhere. I mean, if they went to New York, they took us. If they right. did, you know, it's yeah, just a whole different true. deal. They like, well, you guys are going to come along. We're not going to wait for you all to grow up. No, because they didn't have life. time for that. No, they want to experience life. That's well, okay. So, so at McGinnis, do they have like Model UN and debate and all that kind of stuff? They on debate. Top of- 
Did yeah, you do that? I did debate. I, we, we didn't have model UN, but I did debate. And um, I had gotten into speech uh, back in fourth grade at Christ the King. I was kind of the class clown until fourth grade. I won a speech contest. Uh, and um, and so that was that kind of trajectory pushed me. And I mean, that probably took me into law school and yeah. everything. Yeah. I was going to ask, yeah. so where did you go to college? So then I went to Washington and Lee in Lexington, oh, okay. Virginia. Yeah. Was that um, a big, I mean, was that a big deal going to, did lots of people go out I was of state the, in your class? Not too much. Um, people did go out of state. I was the only one that went to Washington and Lee. Uh, and, and I was the only one from Oklahoma in my class at WNL. But there were a good, there were a handful. Molly, my twin, went to Colorado College. And there were a handful of people that went out of state. But a lot of people did stay, stay in state. Well, I'm sure your parents were encouraging y'all to kind of branch out. and They did. Yeah, mom and dad encouraged it. And uh, did, did your dad go tours. to... Oh, you, where did he, he go went to, to He went to OU undergrad in law. And then mom, mom actually went to um, St. Mary's, which is the Notre Dame sister school. Yeah. She oh, did that for that. one year. And then OU, she, she uh, transferred. That, I asked mom, why did you leave? She goes, well, that was kind of the thing. If you went out of state, you did it for a year yeah. and then you came back. It, it wasn't, you know, most people didn't stay for four years. It's so she came funny back though, because I have a friend from TCU who went to St. Mary's for a year. I feel mm-hmm. like you go to women's, but I go to women's college for about a year. <laughs> That's about all I can handle. Probably. Yes. Well, so you go to WNL and then you make your way to law school. Where did you go to law school? Yeah. So I was really trying to decide. Um, I interned in Washington, D.C. one semester uh, with uh, Senator Nichols and Frank Lucas. So I thought- Wait, for the whole, like during the school year Yeah, during the school year. Why didn't we we see each other? We had trimesters- and we did see each other. We, we did? did see Why each do you other remember once. all this? We did. You're we so went, good. What yeah, we did? did. I, we, we, I did found you. Did we drink you. too many beers? We did. We went, to a, we went to some of your friends' houses and then we went to a Okay, bar. yes, yes. Um, I do. I yes, remember. It was one night. One I night. I don't know. You know, we didn't have cell phones or emails. I have yeah, no idea exactly. how we how found did you, each other. How do you even no connect idea. back then? I have no idea. I Letters. cannot remember. I just, Letters. I know for just a fact like, though, we spent we, one Okay, night good. Together, that makes me so feel fun. better. You're the best friends and uh, all, I mean, it, it was, was wild. It was a very sophisticated group. I uh-huh. barely fit in, but it was fun. <laughs> I loved it. But, um, so, so I was there for once because we had trimesters at WNL. So that worked out great. And then I thought, well, maybe I should go to DC. I love politics. And I ran this, uh, I was a co- uh, co-chair or tri-chair of, uh, the this big event at Washington League called the Mock Convention. Every four years, WNL has a convention for the party out of the White House, and they have a big political convention. And I was the political chair. There's three people in charge of it, and I was one of them my senior year. And it, and so I was just really into politics. And so I thought, well, I'll Who go. Who was to, president at the time? Um, well, yeah. And so Clinton, it was. Okay. It was yeah. It, it was repu- it was a Republican convention because Clinton was president, so they okay. have the party out of the White House. So Dole uh, Bob Dole was oh, the nominee that, okay, that year. Okay. He was our nominee, and we were correct. We predicted correctly that Dole was going to be the nominee, oh, and he was, so but he lost. Right, How often right. are they correct? Um, they've been correct. In, until recently, they were they were wrong only one time, but then they've gotten they've gotten it wrong a couple times. They picked Clinton over um, Obama, and Obama mm. got it. Oh yeah, and then they just picked Bernie Sanders. I was going to say did they over pick Bernie. Bernie. Oh, interesting. Un- uh, that was a that was a head scratcher for that me. That is considering well, but you have to think about who's doing it, right? College kids. Well, no, it's not. But W and L's pretty you ha- conservative. It's a research based oh. prediction oh. because I was in charge of the actual prediction. I was the political chair, and you have regional chairs and you have state chairs, and everyone does intense research on the state where the where that party is going to go. Oh, I see. And so this is not just a hey, who do we want to win? This is a research based 
prediction. And that's why we haven't, we were never, ever wrong. Um, and, uh, and so it was, it was too bad. Now the Obama, uh, Hillary Clinton deal was so, that was a real, um, real tough one to predict. Uh, I would say this one was really hard because there were so many people in the field and Biden didn't rise up to the end. But by the time the convention happened, I think you could have predicted Biden. Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, I was in charge of that. Love DC, almost stayed there, but decided, well, you know what? Uh, I got it. My dad is like, you got to get on with your life. You, I need you back home in Oklahoma City. He goes, I'm old. And if I'm going to give you any of my clients, you got to get back here and start practicing <laughs> law. So I went to OU Law School and it was awesome. I loved living in Norman. I mean, Lexington, Virginia is a town of 5,000 people and mm-hmm. we, it's right next to VMI, but they never leave the campus. So it was just a really little town. Then Norman is this huge town connected to Oklahoma City, but I just loved living in Norman. I so mean, you kind of had that big college, even though you're in law school, that big college experience. Exactly. You were down there. Yeah, that is we fun. Had so much fun in law school, guys. You don't have to. Well, don't 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 tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. But you don't have to study because we don't. You your tests are at the very end. Now you have to read for class, and you have to be prepared to be called on um, in class. And they do. You do get called on. You need to know what you're doing, but it's just reading. There's not a. There's not there's a no ton tests? of work. They the test is at the very end. There's one test. So so if you don't read though, you're screwed. Yeah. Well, you have to, you have to study for that. <laughs> I would test. not do well. Uh, you have to study for that <laughs> test, and I mean, you have notes and notes and notes. But but my point to you all is, you can have a ton of fun, fun. until about three weeks out before the test, and then you have to buckle and then down. you have to buckle My down. freshman year, I didn't even go to like OU Texas. I didn't even go, which is October. But then by uh, second and third year, you were, I, yeah, I didn't I got have to this. start buckling down until the day after Thanksgiving. So I made it through OU Texas all the way to Thanksgiving. But the first year I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like I was studying. But first year they say the is the hardest, right? First year is so hard. Yeah. They work you to death. Yeah. Well, because they want to weed you out, right? Yeah. Isn't that kind yeah. of the, that's what I've always been told. Really? Did people quit mm-hmm. after first year? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think Big that's, time. that's the dropout year. It's. They work you mm-hmm. hard. I knew enough to never go to law school. Yeah. I would never made it past the first I, year. No, you would have been great. Law school was never I, on my You would have been great. You're I, great. I do like to argue, but mm-hmm. the reading, I'm really slow reader. Oh, I'm too. too. That's you why are? I had to start at OU Texas weekend to start reading. <laughs> <laughs> but then by second year, you figure out what you're supposed to do. It's hard, but legal jargon, like the re, like that is hard for me to read. When I get a contract, it takes me forever to kind of piece through. I it, don't know. It helped that dad was a lawyer and I kind of was around. Yeah. That. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. But you know, none of my siblings went to, nobody went to law school in our yeah. family. Actually, my, my cousin did, but other than that. My dad always jokes. He's always like, all we need is another lawyer. Well, <laughs> it's like another taco shop. I That's all it. we need. I loved it. And I'm then totally kidding. My, uh, my, f- in between my first and second year, I went to Oxford for this. Oh, I, oh, I, I interned at Kerr McGee, which has long been sold yeah. to Anadarko. But I interned for Tom McDaniel mm-hmm. at, uh, at, at Kerr McGee. And then half the summer. And then the other half, I went to Oxford. They had this incredible Oxford program. You live in Queens College on High Street oh, in Oxford, England. And is... we had the time Was it of through our OU? It was through OU. Do they still do that program? They do. And you got I got nine credits uh, of law school there. And so we studied, uh, the British legal system and it was, it made best of friends. And I was going to say, just, Bob, I bet the Brits loved you. Oh, we, oh I'm we sure had, they did. We had so much fun. <laughs> we had so much fun. They traveled, you know, we went every weekend. You'd oh, probably... we traveled every weekend. We went to the, uh, the British open. Uh, it was in Scotland that year at Royal Truen. We went over and did the running the bowls. We oh, went to, nice. pa- we went to Paris. We went. So this was like Am- your study abroad. Oh, it was great. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. It so and fun. that's so fun that you could do it in law school. Loved I just it. always thought I that know, we didn't, yeah, I never knew you could do that in law school. I was like schlepping it in New York. I know it was, just gonna say, it was a sweet deal. Let me tell you, getting paid for well, I we had I had some cool trips, but it was not. 
I mean, yeah, we were schlepping. We were schlepping. Well, we, 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 we packed into hotel rooms, I think, is what we did. The we hostels. like six people. No, we did one hostel. I said, that's nah, not for us. I was us. like, yeah, I don't think you that know? hostel's for uh, me. I didn't like it. I, I felt like I had to stay up all night protecting my gear. Yeah. I did. I didn't know. That's so. how I felt. We took the train from Paris to Munich or something, mm-hmm. and that's how I felt on the train. Yeah. I was like, I need to like stay awake just to... And protect my luggage. I was like, guys, I I was like, you know, we can divide a hotel room by six and it's a little bit more than the hostel and we're at the West End. I mean, yeah. let's, let's, let's with focus a good on breakfast. this. Yeah, with a free breakfast. <laughs> free breakfast. Yes. breakfast. With a free breakfast. Yeah. Nutella. Okay, so at the end of law, you went to go work for McAfee Taft yep, went to right McAfee. after law school? Yes. That's a pretty rigorous interviewing process. Yeah, I went to McAfee there. Taft there. It was, uh, I, I had interned for them in Crone Dunleavy and, and went to McAfee and uh, that was a great experience. What group were you in? Um, you know, you're, I, I was, it was interesting because when you come in, they sort of let you uh, figure out what you want to do. And so I did a lot of litigation and then I got into federal lit- litigation and federal uh, ERISA work. And so there was like this whole uh, division that did that. What's so, ERISA? Um, it's just, re- it's retirement law. Oh, okay. So you help people with, um, you know, healthcare issues and Sounds fascinating. Issues and things like that. But there's a lot, there, there was a lot of controversy apparently in that. So oh, we did okay. that. But, um, but, d- uh, during that time, dad is at Randy Ross Rice and Ben's, uh, his, his law firm. And he represented, uh, Edith Gaylord and he represented, um, Ed Gaylord and the, f- actually the firm had, uh, represented the Oakland publishing company since before statehood. Dad's firm was one of the oldest in the state. And so they had this, uh, this long history with the Gaylord family. And he started bringing me to his meetings with Edith Gaylord. And of course I knew her since we were growing up, we right. um, lived nearby If her. She didn't have any, uh, she didn't have children, wasn't married. So if her like house alarm went off, it called our house and we had to go over and turn it off. She wasn't really good at technology. When she wanted a <laughs> cell phone, I went over there and helped her buy one. And she wanted like six cell phones because she wanted, wanted one in every room. And <laughs> no, I said, I said Edith, works. no, it's not how it works. No, you it's put, not like you a, take it she's like, you. she's like, this is a, like a, cordless phone then? Yeah. I was like, well, kind no. of, but you can, re- you can literally take it anywhere. And so I was like, we don't need six cell phones. And there was the AT&T flip phone. And so oh and she kept, she wanted to keep it charged the whole time. She's worried about the battery running out. It was hilarious. So I taught her how to do that. But so I knew her growing up, but then after I got to McAfee Taft, dad said, you know, come start meeting with Edith and uh, and, and all in working with me. With well, her. why didn't you just go straight to work for your dad? You know, his, his firm was really small uh-huh. and, um, and they really weren't, uh, hiring a lot of people. And, you know, it, I felt like it'd be good to go on my own path to a big firm that had yeah, all that sorts of different sense. clients and different opportunity. And I could also learn a lot of different areas of the law, but I could still work with dad on this one client and others, you know, uh, if, if it made sense, but that's how I got in with, uh, Edith and eventually in as much foundation because dad pulled me in. Was know, right he the CEO of it as much then as well? He'd practiced law and did that or so did he not start found- that till later? The foundation has been around since 1982, but Edith didn't die until 2001 and the foundation wasn't funded in 03. So before she passed away, the total assets were less than 10 million. So they just ran the foundation out, out of the back. It wasn't of those, a full-time right. job for anybody. No, no, no. Gotcha. It, was, it was just ran out of the back of the office. They had a board and they had an advisory committee, but then when she died, in 03. And it was funny. I never really thought about, okay, how much money is going to pour into this, but it was 350 million. And so then, because that's what she had left yeah, in her she state left everything to the foundation. To the foundation. To yeah. Holy she didn't cow. have kids, didn't, wasn't that's married. That's a yeah. pretty big change overnight to go from. And it was in like three or four stocks, you know, it was very tightly. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was crazy. 
you know, you're <laughs> very she, diversified. She was not diversified. Uh huh. Um, but that's great. You know, her her dad, uh, E.K. E. had um, he had bought the newspaper and he had been with it since before statehood. He died in '74, and then her brother took it to like the next level and expanded it to all the hotels and everything. So mm-hmm. it became it became worth just a lot uh, more than Edith could have ever imagined. Really, anyone. And so when she she died, that that foundation just really started. You know, from a big uh, in a big sense, it, start, it started in 03. And that's when I left McAfee and came to the foundation. And we had a little office in the First National Center around the corner from dad's office and uh, started with just, <clears throat> there was one staffer before me that dad had hired just kind of start helping Nancy Hodgkinson. But that's it. We built the team and how did he, How did he convince you to leave practicing law and to come to in as much. What was the sales pitch? Actually, Edith had said she wanted me to run it after she died, you know, and I didn't know uh, how long that would be. I mean, you know, you never know, but, but that I'd sort of always thought, okay, you know, for, for three years while I'm working with her, I was thinking, okay, that's a, that'll be interesting path. I mean, I don't know what that entailed. Like I didn't think, oh, I'm going to have to leave the law firm and do that. You know, right. Well, because at the time, ten yeah, million dollars, right, you're, you're thinking <clears throat> this could be something I could manage. Out, yeah, and have a on job. the side. Right. Exactly. Right. And so I never thought about that. But then when the reality set in, she passed away. No one. I had two years to think about. Okay, this is. Yeah. You know, when I started doing the research and looking into it, this this needs a team. This needs a staff. It needs an office. We're going to have all these investments. We got to get out of these three or four stocks and move into a diversified portfolio. I mean, it just became a, a monumental task. And so. Um, that's why I decided to leave the firm and, 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 and focus full attention. How did you know it. what you were doing? I mean, practicing law and running a foundation, there might be some overlap, people, but maybe people say I had no idea what I was doing at the beginning, but you maybe know, that's better. You didn't know what you was, didn't know. And I was so young. I mean, I was, you know, 29 years old and, um, yeah. and it was just me and, and I would talk to dad, but he, he really didn't, he was like, yeah, it sounds good. You know, uh, do, do what you think, but we had the infrastructure in place. So we had the board and the advisory committee. So applications were already flowing in for like 5,000, we, $5,000. Now they were we coming for, for 50,000. Like you know, yeah. we, we literally got a $10 million request by first. No. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but yeah, Is we the did. mission still the same? So tell yeah, everyone what the mission of the Innismus Foundation is. Yeah, so it's, it, it is the same in the sense that we're, I mean, we give to education, health, we give to community and we give to journalism. And that was her vision. That was Edith's yeah, vision. So Edith really didn't put any framework around this, which is brilliant. She did not, uh, and, I, and I thank her for that every day. She did not tie her hands. She wanted the foundation to ebb and flow with the community needs. And so she didn't say, um, you, all, you have to give all of this to um, support journalism schools, or you have to give all this to buy uh, equipment for journalism schools, which she could have done. But think about that. Think how much journalism has changed since Eve died. I was going to say, Since yeah. Eve died. We've gone from basically giving money to journalism colleges and universities to starting nonprofit investigative journalism organizations like, you know, the ones in Oklahoma City you're familiar with, but, you know, Oklahoma Watch or The Frontier or, you know, uh, even, uh, you know, KGOU and OSU. I mean, we support all those. Not the Lost Ogle. We do not support the Lost Ogle. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's, he is funny. Um, but no, we, we, we started the Oklahoma Media Center. I mean, Edith would have never even envisioned the journalism space like this. So she kept it very broad and just wanted to serve the most, you know, she wanted to serve the disadvantaged, the poorest in the community. She was very focused on women and children. Um, and so we continued her legacy on that, but we've been able to expand to other things that 
didn't even exist when she was around. Well, and that's, yeah, I feel like all of those sectors really have ebbed and flowed since probably even 2003. I mean, you think about, yeah, specifically journalism, how much that's changed. It's changed. It's changed so much. So that's what the foundation does, but we've had huge changes. I mean, there were two foundations. It was in as much foundation and it was ethics and excellence and journalism foundation. We merged the two and we consolidated all of our, all of our assets and we now consolidated the staff and the grant making. And, you know, we've, has um, that saved on administrative costs? Is it, it hasn't, it's, we we call it, we call it one in as much foundation. We were disjointed into two, the team was siloed. You know, we had kind of finance team over here, grants team over here, and then journalism was siloed. We have different advisors on journalism and different advisors on in as much. So we brought it all together. So we're just, we call it one in as much family. You know, we just brought it all together. And so it's been great. It's and been, the impact you can make when it's all together seems to be much greater. Yeah. I mean, you guys, we are now, I told you, we start with 350 million. We've got 550 million now. And oh we've God. given Is a, that we, from additional donations investment. or from investments? So it's all investments. So we don't take any, I mean, if you all want to give out there, uh, you can give to in as much foundation, we'll cash your check and write you a letter, but we've never gotten any donations. So we've taken the 350 million. We diversified the portfolio. We invested it and uh, we've given away since we've done that in 03, we've given away 300 million and it's worth 550. So wow. Yeah. So it's more than doubled in yeah, size. Exactly. See, if we didn't have to give the money away, we'd be over a billion dollars. Right. Now. <laughs> if you didn't but we got to give money. We give 5% give away a year, 5%. So 5%. Yeah. And so how I did, guess on any yeah, given year, that's you... a different amount. I mean, based on the size of the yep. fund. It, it's uh, it's it's a rolling av- monthly average. And that's required by federal law to give away 5% of a private foundation. So we just follow the rules on that. And then we give uh, to everything. I mean, we've helped. We brought... We brought the highest quality early education facility to Oklahoma City called Oklahoma City Educare, which is now uh, run by Sunbeam Family Services. Mm-hmm. We brought Teach for America to Oklahoma City. We started John Rex Charter. Did you really? Downtown. Yep. Oh my gosh. Kirk Humphreys, me, uh, Larry Nichols. We just had we just graduated the eighth grade class. So the, wait, the that started in kindergarten? Yeah, no, they started in second grade. Oh. They started in second grade, and we just graduated the eighth grade class last week. I I uh, gave a five minute. Keynote. I mean, there were like six of us <laughs> yeah. doing it. It was awesome. Oh, that's so exciting. And I wonder how many of the eighth graders actually started in second grade. There were, I think there were 44 graduates and like, they all raised their hands. 16 or 18 had started in eighth, eighth grade. Wow. Eighth grade. And then a bunch, had, oh, they, they had started in second, second grade, made grade. it all the way to eighth. And then a bunch had started in third and fourth. So that's one of the most successful schools. And that school was not going to happen without downtown leadership stepping up because the school district didn't think it was needed. They didn't want to build the building, although it was promised in maps and the money was there for maps to build the building uh, at the leadership at the time didn't want it. Well, we, we pushed it forward and we did it. And then eventually the Oklahoma city public schools came together and it was a joint effort to make that school great. Where yeah. do they go to high school after John Rex? They can go anywhere. They can go anywhere. Yeah. They go to Classen or Harding. They can go to private. Um, yeah. The, we, we, we wanted to have a high school. Building a high school is really expensive in the land that's because required. the facilities you have to and have. And the beauty of John Rex is the whole reason we did it is to have people live downtown mm-hmm. and work downtown. Mm-hmm. It's, but the boundary, and it's a boundary school. A lot of, most charter schools have an unlimited boundary. Right. But this one's a limited boundary. And so you really have to live down there or work down there. And that was the vision to create a path through Oklahoma City Public Schools for those families down there. And we wanted to go through high school, but the beauty of John Rex is we didn't have to build an art museum. There's one down the street. We didn't have to build a library. There's one down right, the street. We right. didn't have to build a, a gigantic 
uh, play facility, you know, playground because You're they've got Sisco Park and they've got the Myriad Gardens and the yeah, they, that's so, so true. We, we yeah. saved all that. High school is a whole different deal, you know, and it would just it just would have cost cost a lot. And we, I mean, I'd still be up for it if you guys want to do it. I would still, be, I really would. <laughs> I think it's well. That I would think be it, really. Well, I'm thinking about if you're saying like facility wise, what high school? I'm like almost thinking Wheeler District. Mm-hmm. Like if you went south because yep. of all of the fields that they're putting mm-hmm. in, you could almost somehow parlay. Well, I just had different conversation. I just had breakfast with Blair Humphreys, and this morning he, uh, they've got a school down there. They do. Yep, they've got but a school. Does it go through? It's right, a charter does, school. Does it go through high school? Um, it, no, it's pre K okay. through eight, and it's it's a um, immersion school, Spanish okay. immersion. Oh, um, I would nice. kill for my yeah. kids to have gone but, to a Spanish. But it would school. it would be brilliant to have Rex and and, and, and have them and all have, feed into one. And high they could school. all feed into one high school, and that that's that's doable. We need we need more. We we need money from maps. Uh, well, we went down to Wheeler mm-hmm. just for an afternoon, and it was. I mean, the houses and were all sold. The all the little Wheeler and district it's not houses inexpensive. No, no it, it was. And right. yeah, and I was like, all they're missing is maybe a grocery store and a high school. Like literally, that's what my, Jeff and I were talking yeah. about. Isn't downtown just unbelievable? It is unbelievable. And John yes. Rex is part of that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's this whole. E- we're creating this whole ecosystem down there. I, I was. Mm-hmm. We went down there on oh on Saturday night. We were down there, and I said to Jim before we went down there, I said. Just wait. You are going to dive and you see how many people are walking around, around. the streets. Mm-hmm. He had I mean, been down there at night. He was floored. It is unbelievable. It's, it, it's as busy as any yeah, downtown I've it seen. It really is. And it's it's beautiful. Well, it looks so good. Think about all the land like around Scissor Hill Park and South. I mean, mm-hmm. all that eventually will be developed and... I mean, and where the Cox Convention Center is, eventually that'll be developed. It's the film uh, studios right now. Right. But there's so much more potential for um, the Bob Howard piece that's owned right there. Well, there's there. still land, right? I mean, if you go kind of east or west, there's still there land. Is a bunch. Yeah. Which there's, is why it's kind of crazy how much the, you can develop, right? There is, I think they want to, I don't know, This none of this has been worked out, but the soccer field that MAPS is paying mm-hmm. for could be you know, right there, um, sort of on the east of the convention center, uh-huh. um, where the it'd be oh, nice to have that, that in big, the middle of remember South that big. Oklahoma they City. tore it down that that the the co-op with those cool tin buildings. Uh, you know, those huge pyramid looking buildings that they tore down. That's kind of a place where the oh, soccer field could be. It's right kind of by Bricktown. I was going to say, yes. yeah, yeah, by yeah. Bricktown. Yeah. That's so, so interesting. So there's a ton of land down mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. There if, really is. We should buy some. We should, let's do. <laughs> you can, do? Bob, I love this idea. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. If you had to add up all the money that, and as much as given to downtown based projects and organizations, have you ever done that to think no, about how much? It's a bunch. You guys have because a lot of the social services are downtown too. Like we're big funders of homeless, uh, and so and that's downtown. But the obviously the uh, Rex, but the I mean, you think about the we're I think we're the biggest donor to the art mu- art museum, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City Art Museum. Are you really? Yeah. Did you did and you River, guys River Sport? We're the big donor. We're a big donor to River Sport, and and I even forget about that. Else. I mean, um, so how like is the some- Oklahoma City National Memorial Museum, which I'm chairman of the board during the 25th anniversary. We've we're, Emmy we're the, and I went yesterday. I mean, actually, yesterday. you went to the memorial mm-hmm. inside. You toured inside. Mm-hmm. We went inside. Thank and Jim came going. with us. Thank yep. you. I would have personally toured you. Oh, Bob, it was Sunday. It was. It was. We've we gave so in 2013 to 15 that was redone. And um, in as much gave five million to redo the whole museum inside. And so, how does somebody? So, we actually on Action City, we've interviewed a couple of people who have started nonprofits and things mm-hmm. like this. How do they apply for a grant from you all? Oh, you know, uh, it's all on. I mean, it is all online. But the thing is, it's very, it's very personal now, and it's mm-hmm. very. Um, 
you know, relationship based. Right. And so it was funny when we started in 03, I mean, you could have just walked in the front door and like you opened the door, it was like this and, and my desk was just right there. You know? <laughs> and you're like, hello, welcome. And, and you brought your handwritten Catherine's application. Catherine's dad, Russ, he texts me, you know, he wanted, oh, he wanted money, you know, for, yeah, his, uh, for who knows what. For who knows what. And I mean, we, we almost gave him money probably, but we didn't. Sorry, Russ. It was but for something, something. He, he's, always he's always had one thing. He's always got one thing. He's always got a ski, oh, he's scheming. So it was easy back then. Now it's, I mean, it is very much based on the relationship We've got a great grants team. Uh, Sarah Roberts is our VP of programs, and she is awesome. She is as well connected in the community as anyone you can imagine. And then Tyler Tokarczyk and Alta Price are also on that team, and they um, are sort of just embedded in the community and know what's coming up. You know, we get hundreds of requests um, each year. Yeah, I bet. And you can't know everyone. Um, you know, you can't know what everyone does, but we do try to make an effort to m- know as many people as possible and know what's going on out there. And part of the beauty of what Edith did is she didn't tie her hands, you know, right. so we don't own some big infrastructure thing that we've got to fund you right, know, every exactly. year, every year. Yeah. We can sort of have a blank slate every year, you know, and that's pretty, pretty remarkable. Now, yes, we give the same organizations money every year and that does happen. I mean, an art museum is an example, but we have a lot of dry powder. And so if there are great new ideas bubbling up this morning, we had a breakfast on homelessness and how, and how to look at that in a different way. But we're really interested in the entrepreneurial ecosystem and uh, building that in downtown Oklahoma City for accelerators and incubators to multiply and have people that grow up here with great business ideas stay here and build their businesses and you know help the economy, but also help all the social services and the nonprofits that we want we we know that they'll want to support. So we're we just it's it, yeah you're not limited. We're not limited. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. I just keep thinking about Emma. I'm like, Emma Butler. I know we interviewed the most, it's one, it's one of our favorite interviews. Mm -hmm. And she started this um, nonprofit called the Hair Initiative. Did you listen to that? Oh yes, I did listen to that. That would be a great one. She's awesome. But yeah, yeah, I just Homegrown and living out in LA, I think. No, no, she's actually, that's, that's um, Nikeo. That's Nikeo. No, Emma, um, she, she lives here. Okay. She does Mm -hmm. live here. Okay. Yeah. And actually she worked at McAfee, right? No, she worked at um, oh Dunlap Dunlap Cottage. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to meet her. Yeah, no, yeah, I do remember that podcast. Cool. That was yeah. awesome story. Yeah. Well, that's so if cool. you had to think about kind of the the gift that you're most proud of that you think has oh. made the biggest is this like picking impact in this Lily or Frank is your favorite? <laughs> Man, that is so hard. The one that that maybe was sort of something personal yeah. for you. Yeah. That- well, okay, I can answer it, and um, it's got to be Oklahoma City Educare because. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I personally dove in and brought to Oklahoma City, and I had this, um, I had this conviction to bring this to Oklahoma City, and and it was it it was inspired by George Kaiser. Um, George, we were uh, meeting George and uh, having lunch with him in Tulsa. Dad and I went over there, and he was constantly talking to us about high quality early education. We've got to start earlier. The mm-hmm. best time to invest your philanthropic dollars are on the er- earliest, so you can kind of switch the trajectory or change that trajectory of these little kiddos. Even though they're two or three years old, they're ninety percent of their brain is developed by three, and by third grade they're not reading. You know, by uh, college they're in jail. So I mean, it's just this pipeline to prison. So he said, he said, look, there's this um, school that uh, Warren Buffett's daughter Susie is uh, replicating. It's based in Chicago, but she's replicating in in Omaha. And he, George, was doing one in Tulsa. He wanted us to support the one in Tulsa. Asked us for a million bucks, and I, and Dad and I said, great. 
we'll do it. But if we bring one to Oklahoma City, you've got to promise to give a million. You've got to give. Let's just keep our millions. Let's just keep our millions where they go. And he said, "Okay." He said, "Great." So I was like, "I'm going to get that million bucks from George mm-hmm. Kaiser." <laughs> and I mean, I set out and decided that this Educare needed to be here. Um, the neat thing about Educare is you just had to raise the money for the beautiful building, which we did do. Beautiful building um, at Southeast um, Grand Boulevard, and and uh, it's uh, just. Uh, just a beautiful right off Shields, just um, just east of Shields. But we raised the money and then it's paid for by Early Head Start, Head Start and, and Oklahoma City Public School pre-K dollars. So the operations manage themselves. And so that's what Sunbeam operates now. But we did that back in uh, the mid 2000s. I think 07 is when we broke ground and 09 is when it was dedicated. And Arnie Duncan, the secretary of education at the time under Obama came and dedicated it. And it was wow. just the coolest thing ever. So Why I, does Sunbeam run, run it now? Sunbeam How, runs it. Sunbeam's the early head start provider. And so are, we okay. started it. Educare was a subsidiary of Inasmuch Foundation. I was the chairman and we had a board, but it was really protected under the Inasmuch umbrella. And so once we got it up and running, the building built, this kids in there, stabilized budget. Then we turned it, we always knew we'd turn it back over to one of our providers and Sunbeam was the one, it was the early Head Start provider. So now they, it's under the Sunbeam board and, and the it's this, it's staffed by Sunbeam. So you can follow those kids now if that oh, was yeah, 2009. Yeah. And we're can... part of a national network, uh, the Educare network. It's uh, part of that network and we can track their, their kids success and see what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. And, and so it's, it's been unbelievable. And we built it right next to Cesar Chavez elementary. So the oh, kids yeah. could been... literally go from birth all the way through eighth grade. And those, uh, and the kids do start Educare right after they're born. You can, you have little babies in there. Aww. You all should come to her and you can rock the baby. Do they have a big brother or not a, no, no. I mean, um, boys and, boys and, and girls, girls club at Caesar Chavez. Sh- yes, I've do. been to the yep. Caesar Chavez. And so Educare is right next club. door. Yeah. That's that beautiful facility next door. Okay. It's mm-hmm. all coming together now. Yeah. I know. So that, so I'm really proud of that. I'm yeah. really proud of that, but we've done so many awesome things. I mean, I'm proud of the, um, being able to give the money to the Oklahoma City National Memorial Museum to redo that museum that you all saw yesterday. Oh. I mean, giving to great art exhibits. Um, the, like I said, the River Sport. Also, um, on the on the health and human service side, I mean, we're big supporters of Variety uh, Health and Infant and Crisis. It, you guys have given crisis. a lot of yeah, money to Infant Crisis. Board on mm-hmm. that for a long time. Yeah, and which yeah, we we both love Infant Crisis. So there's so many great nonprofits yeah. in town, and so we're privileged. Some of them we just give to, like Infant Crisis is so well run, and you all are on the board. I mean, we don't have any. It really involvement on that, but some like we are building from the ground up, like we're very, our staff is very involved and that's part of our gift is our time. And we feel like, you know, this is something that needs to happen for Oklahoma city. And so we're going to bring Educare here or teach for America or whatnot, or build a John Rex that takes it. It's takes more time than money. I mean, it takes money. So there's, there's different things, but with a small staff and we do keep it really small because we want to push as much money out as possible to the nonprofits. Well, also you um, guys bring the relationships to the table, right? So we, we're great you connectors. Can, you can, connect the people that can make it happen. And Absolutely. I think that's, yeah, that's invaluable. Amazing. Great connectors. That's what we hope, hope to do. I know. So as far as, can you say any projects coming up? Like, is there anything coming down the pipeline that you're particularly excited about? That are really exciting. You know, um, there are some really, there's really a lot of cool stuff happening out there. And I would say COVID was so, it was so interesting. Like I thought that we were going to be taxed like out out of business. I thought, oh my gosh, there's going to be so much demand, so much need for our dollars that that we're just going to just be trying to survive. Well, I did not anticipate the federal government pumping literally billions and billions of dollars into the community um, and all over every community in the country. And so with PPP dollars and otherwise, 
people have, uh, nonprofits have really, uh, are stable yeah. and are in good shape. And so that was the biggest, uh, coming out of COVID. That's the, that was the, that was the biggest thing I did not like recognize. Like just surprised by. Yeah. yeah. And so now the opportunity is going to be, you know, the, the opportunities to, to do stuff that would have not otherwise been done. You right. Know, you I, don't have we're to We're sort of in this mindset payroll. that we're going to have can... to save. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's going to be some, some really cool stuff going on. One of the, we, we, during COVID, we gave to, uh, or right before COVID hit, we did give to the Myriad Gardens. And so they're, um, with our money, redoing the interior of the botanical tomb. Oh, okay, I thought cool. they were doing that like five years ago. I feel they're like I've been it. hearing that it's for happening. 10 years. No, the city kicked in and we kicked in and a couple of other donors and that the interior of the, of that is going to be totally changed. So what are they doing? Just trying to modernize it yeah, a little well, bit Well, I mean, more? they're, they're rechange, they're changing the entire interior. Oh, a little so, less humid. Yeah. It'll be a little less humid. <laughs> yeah. Don't go in a suit. <laughs> Do not go um, in but a it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And they're naming it after in as much foundation, which is cool. We never really are inspired by the naming rights, but it was, it was kind of a nice little recognition. We're going to really get nice. river sport. You're going to be able to ski this summer, this summer at the river sport. Wait, water ski oh, they're doing ski? the downhill. You're going to be able to snow ski. Oh, that's so cool. They're doing a, They've got a downhill. It's a special carpet. It's like a gigantic treadmill with special carpet that that's white by the way. And it looks like snow, not really, but it's yeah. Carpet. And you can ski and on you it. can ski. On how long is, and so how kids, long if your kids have never skied before, yeah, you come yeah. out there, you learn how to ski. It's gonna. Oh. It's opening Thursday. Frank Ross and I are dedicating it Thursday. We're the first skiers. Wait, down this the coming slope. Thursday, like in four days. Two o'clock. No, the day this podcast comes out. Two o'clock on Thursday. You guys listen to this Frank, podcast. Frank Ross is gonna be the first Frank person Ross. down oh, the ski slope. Oh my gosh! Wait, he knows how to ski. Actually, right? Oh yeah, we, yeah, okay, we went good. skiing. That oh, yeah. actually is so amazing because during COVID we really did because Huffman's three and that's kind of the age yeah. that I learned how to ski and it's kind of like riding a bike. You learn really young and then you have that. And we didn't go because it was so hard. All the ski lifts were limited oh, numbers and it was like. A gajillion we, dollars. And by the way, year. it's so expensive it's to so, ski. We, it's so expensive. I bought the so, whole family icon passes and we skied a ton because that's all we did. I said, I mean, we weren't going to go anywhere else. Yeah. And, and outside, but our kids are at the age where right. the pass made sense. Once you bought that pass, yeah. we could go skiing as you much as we skiing, pop, you wanted. Um, wanted. But this is really wonderful because it gives people maybe who couldn't that's afford, afford to go it. skiing that's an opportunity to learn for, how to do it. Even for my family where it was more of like a you know, Campbell daycare wasn't available for no, Campbell no and then Huffman ski school. Like it was so expensive and it was just one of those things where we're like, Oh wow, this is a guys, really big. The, and then now we could do this. The river sport is the is, coolest thing. In yeah. I wanted Neely to get a job. You've got to understand. That. That'd be a good summer we've job. got a, we've got rapids next to the longest river next near an urban outlet in the world. So no one's got the straightaway that we have on the river. Right. And the rapids. To, and the, the rapids crew. in a downtown. No one in the whole world. Yeah, it God, is incredible. I mean, guys, and so it's This city is off the charts. I can't, so, I mean. One of your questions, because I love yeah, tell questions. me, tell we, me. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like if you, you pick your friend up at the airport. Yes. Oh, oh, no, no, that's hey. our final question. Oh, final. Okay, okay, okay. We'll okay well, all right, that's the final. So, <laughs> well, we, we can ask you our first final question. Our first final. It's kind of, I have like a million more questions. Oh, no, no, we, I, I got to, a lot of, I got to get more in. I got to. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's pulling out I'm, his I'm notes. pulling out my notes now. Pull out your notes. Pull out your notes, Bob. Well, answer one of our questions that you're really excited to answer that you're so, that you're. Well, I wanted to talk about, um, Heather and I are foodies, so I haven't had a chance, but my my wife, Heather, we love going to restaurants and we love eating out and our kids. I should have married you, Bob, instead of Jim. Oh, we love it. (laughs) We love traveling. We love traveling. And, uh, and so we, so in, so I, so last night I said, I said, okay, Heather, let's talk about restaurants. So. I wanted to say that you all had, um, your, your food questions are the ones that, uh, I think 
are here now. What was the question about restaurants? It's the, like the, what's here the now. The oldies but goodies and maybe the new ones. Was there like a... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oldie but goodie. Well, okay. Did you ask Heather if you yeah. guys had picked up a friend from the airport and you were? Oh, yeah, that's. But that's. But the last we're going to ask question. you that question. But yeah. the okay, Oldie is the Metro. We yes. love um, Chris and Laverle. Yes. Uh, uh, Lauer. And do you remember when we were growing up, Catherine? The pizza pastry at the at the. Did I say Coach House or Metro? You said Metro. Yeah, Metro. So the pizza pastry at the Metro. No. They used to have this pizza and I asked Chris to bring it back, but there was this okay. pizza pastry. So mom and dad would take us to the Metro. We would get the little pizza. It was came on this pastry. Was it like a puffed pastry? It was a puffed. It was so good. It's So Metro has been my favorite restaurant since I was a little kid because we start off that. Then we transitioned to steak and that, yes. that yeah. kind of thing. Right. And but now I you're love, probably moved to fish. See, I love like, it. Now I'm going there for lunch today. I'm eating Oh, I'm the eating lunch is my favorite at, at the Metro. But guys, the coach house. Kurt uh, yeah, the I house. miss that so much. I miss, it. I miss it so much. And it was just, but we love the hutch and we go to the hutch all the time. Jim and I started, we can walk there. We started walk, going exactly. and he really loved it. And I got something healthy and it was, oh, I forgot about so, coach house. so I we, know. we love it, but I had to say the Metro. And then as far as our new spot, yeah, you know, what is your new we've spot? gone on this, Heather and I went on this trajectory where, where we sold our house. We moved into you moved d- closer we, to downtown. We did. We, and we moved into a rental house and we took the kids on crazy trips. We went to uh, Asia and China for three weeks, three and a half weeks with the kids during when we were in the rental house. Did they and, stop you guys? And and by the way, I wish I still rented a house because I've, we've never <laughs> yeah, had so much fun. No, we've never care. had so much fun when renting a house because you're like, oh, you know, if I'm it not breaks, paying, you don't care. And I'm not paying for flowers. I'm not, huh. I mean, my, it cost me 20 bucks to mow the lawn. Anyway, it's a yeah. different deal now. So we could go to, we were, <laughs> you could go to Asia when you were renting. And, um, but anyway, we're now closer to downtown. We're in Crown Heights, which, uh, Mike Turpin calls a Nor- Norman Rockwell painting. And so we like being more urban and more kind yeah. of close to yeah. everything. And it's so fun. So now Paseo, we love Frida. We love Oso. That Those is our my, favorite two of my places favorites. to go eat. And, um, we just love it. Wait, well, we went to Oso on Saturday. You, oh, oh yeah, so you Saturday. did. did yeah. Have you been to the, since they moved Goro Ramen over there? Oh yeah. That's what that we one? tried to go on Saturday and their system was down it and was. You, you thought you, somebody told Jeff horrible news, like the look on his face. Cause he's been craving ramen and we walked in and there was no line. We're like, Oh my God, we're going to get in. Yeah, it's and, so, and isn't that yeah. so cool though? Yeah, um, it is. But now you can go to great. Betsy King to, I mean, Heather can go down there and go she shoe shopping. Betsy. You can go to the she Holy Rollers it. Donuts exactly. place. Can you guys walk to Paseo? We, dr- we ride our bikes. It's a little, oh, yeah. it's a little, a little far for a yeah, while, a but far. a bike ride, you're, yeah. you're just four or five minutes. There's a hamburger place now. Oh, what? Burger Punk. Burger Punk. Okay, I've not been there. I think it's under, I think it's, isn't it the same group as Goro that owns it? I think you're right. I think it is. Can you go to Red Rooster? I've not been there yet. And the Mayan across the street. And the the Mayan's the best taco place. Yeah. That place. I mean, you're like in the thick of it, Bob. It's kind of fun. You know, it took us us out of our, our, my bubble. Heather was never in that bubble, but it was good. It was good to push me out of my uh, comfort zone. (laughs) Heather really led the charge to move downtown, didn't she? She was. She picked the house out. We wrote a note to get this house. Yes. You said we would really love our family to grow up we in a little house. picture of us. It worked. Did but, it really? Um, yeah. Huh. That's how it happened. That's, that's how it happened. But Heather, Heather loves it. And she's, she's just, um, she's did you guys fun. play in the uh, crown Heights kickball tournament well, yesterday? yesterday? Had a kickball tournament. Frank played in did, it. Did Lily play too? Um, she, uh, we had a lot of moving parts yesterday, two soccer games. She had cheerleading tryout. Oh, and cheerleading right. meetings. Yes. And so we, we all couldn't do it as a family, but Frank went down there and dominated. That's awesome. I okay. heard all about it. it was well, so let's fun. do first final question. And okay. And, so that's, do you want to do it or do you want me to do? No, I'll do it. Oh, you do it. I don't care. Okay. So <laughs> where, where do you see yourself in 10 years Ooh. in as much in 10 years, Oklahoma city in 10 years? What 
what do we have to look forward to from all three of those things? Well, um, it's interesting. T- 10 years from now, so the kids will be out of college. We'll, we're done with this. Oh we're done. We're moving on, Bob, from I these think, kids. I think I'll run for governor. That was Jim's question. Just so you know, I said, what do you want me to ask Bob? And he said, ask him whether or not he's going to run I'm for gonna governor. I'm going to run. And, and I, I need like, Jim's support. And well, of course. I mean, more than just support. him saying, I'm for you, but I need money. I need. Oh, yeah. He's he'll, loaded. He'll, he'll need definitely. He'll drive me around uh-huh. the state. He's professional. You know, he can he take drove, me down to Duncan. He drove around at Abel. That was his very exactly. first he drove uh, job out or like in college. It he was, was Okay, so I'm sort of joking. But Wait, was, Jim's pretty like, I, he. Jim has a little grit. I could he see does. him He does, and you know, his yeah. dad was, well, that was a pro. He worked for Governor Hall, right? And that was- Exactly. The, he was, so we don't need to, to go that far. But Jim's part, but Jim's could, part of the common man. He's in the trenches. I mean, he's he in, could he introduce me. He knows the people. He, he's from Duncan. I mean, he uh-huh. knows the people. He'll be your campaign manager. <laughs> so, so I was on uh, Flashpoint a couple months ago, and out of the- that? I don't know, but out of the blue, Todd Lamb, he's like, Bob Ross, I'm hearing something around the Capitol- I'm like, where is this going? He's like, I'm hearing stuff. I'm hearing rumors. I'm hearing stuff, Bob Ross. I was like, where is it? I mean, I was panicked. He's like, I heard you're running for governor. And I said, oh my gosh. Well, oh my gosh. I said, that's a great honor. And and if called to serve, I will uh, I will step up. But what's funny, I, it reminds me, I don't know if this totally dates me, but uh, Ross Pro was on CNN and Larry King asked him if he was going to run for president. And he goes, yep, I'm going to announce it right here on this show. And you know, that's yeah. how Ross Pro did it. So I told Todd and Mike Turpin, I said, this is like, this is like my this is my Larry moment. King, this is my Larry King moment. moment. For a minute, for a minute, I thought you were saying this was your Larry King. Yeah, action, action City. City. I was like, wait, no, Action City can be it. But you say 10 years. So that's not that I'm definitely far. not, I'm not going to run this time or next time because I think the kids need to be out and you kind of have to, I mean, we are so busy. I could not imagine like Kevin Stitt has six kids. How would you kids. fit that into your schedule? I, I saw I'm Kevin not, State yesterday actually at a party. Really? Uh-huh. I cannot imagine. I mean, there's so many moving parts right now, but I love Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma City. And yeah. so if there's a way to serve in a different capacity, have you held now, a different office before? Oh no, I have nothing. So maybe, but maybe <laughs> no, between but now and then, like run for something smaller. Yeah, nah. But now no, you you're just gonna go for the you, big no, one. No, you just go straight. You back. still okay, are okay, involved okay. with the mock. I the, love it. The mock convention at WNL because Jim I, went with you once, and it was maybe one of the best yep. days of his whole life. He J- loved it. Yep, J- we we had mock convention. What uh, we took, uh, yeah, it's Warren like to uh, ago, speak maybe? at it. Yes. And, and, Jim, Jim came with us. And he thought it was my dad and Heather. Who's going to run in as much? Can I run in as much you when can. you go to be the yeah. governor? No, no, no. You need, you need Catherine to be on like your cabinet in some way, like a communications. Catherine's not big. Or maybe I need to be old enough so I can turn it over to Lily. Yes. Oh, there you go. Oh, right. Run, you know, so we got to, mm-hmm. you are all these, all these things, but although wait, Lily in eight years will be how old? Let's see. Lily is good. She, yeah. She's she'll be 14. Old no, yeah, she'll she only be, be uh, she's 15. I can she be the interim. 15. She'll be 25. You can be interim. No, be 25 girls get girls mature a little quicker. She, she, can, yeah. she can, let me tell you, she can run it now. She probably, run it. she probably could uh-huh. that girl type a, she oh can my run gosh. She's so, so, what does Heather think about your running for governor? Oh my gosh. She's probably mortified. Oh God, Heather. As we get older, I can I dress Heather? Oh yes, she would. Oh, Heather's that. pretty good. Although yeah, she's, yeah, Heather is she's a wonderful. Style. I just want to be a part of the, the hair, and the <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. You just want to, yeah, well, yeah. No, Heather, she is. As we've gotten older, she's like, she's like shrinking friends, and I'm just growing friends. And I'm like, <laughs> she, I like make her palms sweat. She's like, would you? Stop, stop making friends. Would we don't stop? have any more room. Right. She goes, I can't go to one more dinner. I can't go to one more event. 
And so she loved COVID when it was just all of us so staring Jim. at each other at the ceiling. You know, I was like, I am see each other everywhere. And Heather's like, isn't this the greatest thing? I, I said, hated no, every second of it. This is awful. <laughs> I'm trapped with you all in this house. Get no. me out of well, here. see though, Catherine can stand in for Heather at dinners. Yeah, I'd be yeah. good at that. I know. Yeah, there you go. And then, yeah, and she and Jim can be in the they corner. Can, yeah, you know, some books. Yeah, not wanting to talk and be antisocial. We can be working the room. We'll be working the room, Bob. So we'll see. Ten years from now, you know, we'll just see you guys. Oh, that's well, exciting! But it as much will be in great shape, and we and we'll we'll keep doing what we're doing, and and I'll and uh, and then I think the city is going to be great. I mean, we oh, were on a trajectory, God. yeah, Max, really good. And like we talked about, everything going on downtown, but just the whole the whole city coming to it feels like we are just coming together um, in such a beautiful way. I just think the sky's the limit for Oklahoma City. I mean, people are moving here from all over. All over the world. Our standard of living is great. Our yes. cost of living is low. We have no traffic. We are a big city with a small town feel. feel. Yes. And you just can't get that. You go down to Dallas, guys, you don't mm-hmm. have it. I mean, even they're Fort all- Worth, like even Fort Worth, it's yeah. crazy how How do we fast. keep it real though? Let's, as, as Brian Bogert says, keep how do we authentic. keep it authentic? I like what Bogert said. I think mm-hmm. it was him that said we need to double down on our districts. We don't need 82 yes. districts. We I think actually down. Graham yes. might have said that too. Said, so, so Graham couple, Colton, maybe. Graham said that. A couple mm-hmm. people said that, and I agree with I them. I agree with you. you know, let's Just double make down. Make the ones Let's we have them. really good. Yeah. Really good, I, I yeah. was saying that to Jim. I said, what is it that's making Midtown so bumping? And some of the other districts maybe aren't quite Bob as Howard owns most of it. And, and so he's got a vision. He's invested he's in invested. it. And we and, can't have too many. And I can't stand like um, the parks not being mowed and the medians ugly. And we're big donors mm-hmm. to Oklahoma city. Beautiful, but we need to clean up our, our parks and our medians and yes. our streets and make it, make it pr- make really it beautiful, really beautiful. And you, and Oklahoma city is so large land wise. You guys is just really, really expensive. I mean, we just, yeah. our city don't have the money. We got to so shrink people it. have got to step up. Well, well and, we're shrinking, yeah. but people got to step up and we got to invest in making mm-hmm. it look, look all these neighborhoods. I think people can see the notch. vision now. I mean, I think for a long time it was hard to see the vision, but now, I mean, you just d- drive around anywhere from Nichols Hill South and you're excited about yeah, it. You are mm-hmm. excited. It has a lot of energy. And it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I always just go back to what my sister said last week about how these young families are moving here and mm-hmm. we really do need the schools to support. We need the schools. The schools are a disaster. I, I do but say the Oklahoma podcast. City school system. I know that is has, a whole podcast. It's a whole podcast, guys. Well, yeah. maybe we should do it. I mean, I would actually really you all like want to, talk to about it. I would love to I talk about it. it. I was going to say I would too, because I, I feel like I don't it. know that much about it because I never went to public school and I, you know, and well, I would love to know more so about what. Maybe we should start a whole podcast with just the three of us talking about issues. But I, I, <laughs> your, oh, your knowledge yeah, is way greater say, you're than not, ours. I'm not. I am in our two in the, cents. I, I can, would love to learn from that podcast. It would take a, it would take a, a whole podcast. But the bottom line is we've got to figure out the public schools because people, I mean, we just can't move further out north. And no. North. We can't just no. keep going and going and going. You've got to figure that out. And there's a lot of great ways to do it. The charter schools are part of part of the mm-hmm. um, solution. Um, and there, there's there's solutions out there. Yeah, there yeah. definitely are. We're going to do that on another podcast for sure. I'd yes. love to come back. Okay, Emmy, final question. Well, it's you have But to I asked the second one. Well, you, you we go on to. like this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Bob, I yeah. know you've got a lot of friends all over the world. Maybe your best friend from WNL. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you pick yeah. your favorite friend, yeah. the one that you're most excited well, to show Well, don't say their name, though, because you have so many, so you don't I know, want you to. Don't no, want I'm going to name names. You are? Let's name names. Okay. One of my best friends from WNL, Andy Horn, is coming the third Andy? week in July. Wait, you're kidding. Oh, he so, is coming. Okay, okay so, so this with is, his family. They with, are coming. He's got a beautiful wife and a daughter, oh. and they are coming, and they're staying with us for two nights. 
Okay. And so they are what driving are you because do? they're driving east. They're in LA. Uh-huh. They're driving east to see his parents. Oh, that's a long drive. And they are drive. doing a road trip. And so well, I'm not picking him up at the airport. Okay, so driving I know that's the question, in. But he's driving into our house. Okay. And we, Heather and I already talked about this last night. Frank and Lily, we all know what we're doing. And oh. here's what we're doing. Okay. Oh my, oh my gosh, gosh. I'm so this excited. Is so cute. <laughs> okay. So um, in no particular order, but because yeah. they are here two days. But we are doing a behind the scenes at the zoo. Heather's a trustee of the zoo. Oh, when we zoo. went to, when they did the giraffes, was it the giraffe yeah, or the elephants when we did the, we did the, oh, when we had lunch with the elephants. So we're doing a behind so the scenes of the Wait, zoo. Wait, can I come? And they have a, they have a golf cart that you can, that you can pay for this the whole yes. thing if okay. you want to. But they take you around and you feed the animals. You see the, uh, you go inside of the elephants. You go in inside and, and feed animals. You see them behind the scenes. It is awesome. We're definitely doing that. Wait, that's really cool. Cause we loves this. We go like every week. We literally go once a week. I, I pick you, my, yeah. yeah, I pick my kids up from school. Cause I love it to go at 3 PM. Cause mm-hmm. it's kind of a little slower and I like to go on a weekday cause there aren't as many people, but that sounds amazing. And it's behind the scenes and you can get it. You, anyone can do it, but we're doing that. And Heather's a trustee of the zoo trust. So she loves showing showcasing the zoo. Then we're going to go to river sport guys and learn how and to we're, ski. We're going to do, we're going to do the, uh, their daughters never skied. So we're going to learn how to ski. Cute. She doesn't know it as a surprise, but, um, and then we're also going to do the rapids. You know, oh, I want to take them down the rapids. Are you scared by that? No, I love it. I've done it a bunch. It's awesome. You're in with a bigger boat. Yeah, like you're you're... In a, you can do the big boat or you can do it in the uh, inner tubes. We'll do the big boat. Okay. It's not, it is scary, but it's, but it's, it's supposed to be a little yeah. scary. Yeah. It is supposed to be a little scary, but okay. it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be hot. They, they ramp that. These it'll are, be hot. This is third week in July. Yeah. We're yeah. going to bring a little mini like portable fan. No, we're fine. You know, you're in the water there. You well, get sprayed true. with water. And then the river sport, they've got all this other stuff like the zip line and mm-hmm. things. And so you're, we're all over that. We're definitely, we're definitely doing those two things. Okay. And then and I then, just want to show them the city. I mean, I so want to. going to take them to. What, yeah. Where are you eating? Yeah. What are your. Oh, food. So, well, and we talked about this. So. We've got a lot of places we need to eat, but for our first dinner, um, Ennis now owns Piatto. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? Everybody says it's that I need to go there. It's 63rd and May Avenue. It's the old oh, meat market yeah, yeah. refractory. The, the Italian place. Ennis, and I don't know how to pronounce it. It's uh, Mulalu, his name. Okay. But Ennis, he was at the coach house, then he ran well, I wondered fast. where he had he come from. He owns Piatto. I heard his, it's awesome. Heather loves Italian. The horns love Italian. But like, I'm not a huge Italian fan, but this is like the most like homemade. Authentic Italian authentic, in the city. But then they also have this incredible filet that um, I, I get and the appetizers. And it's just awesome. So we're going to go it there. It is in the Chick-fil-A parking Wait, lot. And you're which the first the on the problem. podcast to mention this Yes, place. that's He's right. awesome. And you know what? We went a couple weeks ago and I jokingly just in this, I said, hey, um, do you have any, he asked us what we want for dessert. I said, Hey, do you have any peppermint ice cream? That's my favorite ice cream, peppermint ice cream. And the kid's are like, Oh my gosh. You know, it's my joke. Every time, every yeah. restaurant. I was like, He's Hey, like, Brahms is down the street. No, I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> Did he go across the street to Brahms? Yeah, I was joking. Oh my God. He gosh. brought me Brahms peppermint no. ice cream in this gigantic bowl. He went across the street <laughs> right no. then, bought it and came back. I'm not kidding. I can't Aww. believe it took him less than 30 minutes to get the peppermint ice cream. It took two Brahms. seconds. And now every time I go, I'm eating peppermint ice cream. I mean, is in this not the best? So we're really, definitely going to dinner so there. That's so cute. Um, and you know, we, we, uh, for breakfast, we'll probably go to like hatch early mood food down mm-hmm. in Midtown. We love that. Or all the breakfast, breakfast places. I Yo, love Chartel, Chartel Cafe. Cafe. I love Chartel yeah. Cafe. Oh, I we see love, you at Chartel Cafe. I go there all the time. We You're do 16th there. street. Um, 
I, we love breakfast, so we'll definitely hit one of the cool breakfast spots. And then you get you a, better you, get yourself on the list though, because I when know. I go to like I want to go to Cafe, they're coming Cal, on a like, Tuesday, Wednesday, two hundred and thirty-eight minutes. They're coming. They're not coming on a weekend. <laughs> okay, that's another brilliant. Oh, that that's is nice. So and so we'll hit that. And then lunch, you guys, we're gonna have to go to the three or four places. But that's how I like to do um, it. But Frank, uh, he loves uh, Tucker's hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Loves the that's hamburgers. Jeff. Still, I'm still on yeah. Here's what, here's what I've realized, only, in Britain, only on Britain Road. I will not go to any. There is nobody from out of town that likes Johnny's. Okay. Johnny's is only at, I take, you know when that was the only yeah, place to take someone, you'd take all your friends like, there. Isn't, that, isn't this great? And they'd be looking at you like, are you crazy? Johnny's is like, you have to have grown up on That's okay. not true. I brought friends well, in college and they the still talk about Johnny's. Did you get the Caesar Johnny's. burger or Heather, the shaved American Heather's cheese? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we're probably doing Tucker's, but guess get the, if the kids aren't with us for one of the lunches, we want to sit on a patio and have drinks uh, for lunch, you know, Where? real festive. Frida. Oh, Frida. They have the best patio. Is that patio. patio not the greatest? It is. Mm-hmm. You, you don't, I love how like hidden sort of it in the is. Jungle yeah, or yeah, it's awesome. So I just want to show them the town. I mean, I want to show them. Do the you do like what my mom does and drive them around? I'm going to drive. Are you going to Lulu them? That's what we yeah. say. I, I, <laughs> get Lulu. I know. <laughs> Are they going to get Lulu? I know. You know, she always used to take people to the um, Crystal Bridges before there was real not Crystal yeah. Bridges. The, it, the, the Married Gardens, the Botanical Garden. Yeah. yeah, that's where we always used to go. Now, guys, if the Arts Festival was in town, oh, I would definitely yeah. take them to that. They're missing it by a few weeks. Oh, they're because they're moving it. But Heather and I met. Like our first date, our first day date, Sunday, fun day date was the, was arts, the festival. arts festival. Aww. Because we met, we met on a, like a weekend. And then the next Friday we went to dinner and then Saturday we went to Justin and Monique Nafee's wedding. And then Sunday. Which I couldn't we come went, to because I was in California. Sunday we went to the arts <laughs> festival. Yes. I was the guy that brought a girl. A br- I knew for you seven literally days 70, of course. And and nobody wedding. would respect it any less. Right? No. Justin was like, great. Oh, no so problem. Happy. <laughs> That is so great. I would that the arts festival is a whole nother conversation, but I, I would like to the discuss the arts festival yeah. with you. Are you worried about time. its placement? Because you know we're we're major funders. I'm not of that. worried about the placement. I'm worried about the fact they do the same thing over and over and yeah. over and over and over yeah, and over again. And the whole healthier. world is moving on, but they they've got to. I feel like it needs to be updated yeah. just slightly. I'm not a huge fan of the new location. Uh, it's too tight. It's too tucked in there. But they've spent so much money on the infrastructure mm-hmm. that it's not going to move for a while. But it, it's. It, I feel a little claustrophobic, and I think. Uh, I think you're. I think we. Well, you know what? You should have the head of the arts festival. Uh, I would love to actually. Yeah. That would yeah. be fun. You'd be great at it. God, Bob. This. I want to be on this two-day extravaganza with your WNL no. friends. That's and I don't, yeah, I can't even tell you all the places. Can you, you're going to have to report back to us yeah, and tell definitely. us how it goes. We're going to have so much fun. And, but Andy Horn coming in. Now, my best friend, Brian Beasley, I did have to say, Brian Beasley's out in Los Angeles and uh, he's now friends with Andy Horn because I introduced you, him. But Beasley has done some amazing documentaries for us, you guys. And he did one on Edith, um, the quiet philanthropist that is award-winning. And Where can you see these documentaries? Um, we've got them on our on the, can you link? site. Can you link to him from in as much website? Yeah, yeah, we'll get on that. Okay. We'll Well, get it to you. We'll get the link. But yeah, that would be I did want to plug Beasley because he's just been so amazing. And he's left, he's one of those guys that left Oklahoma City that leaves out lives out in LA. But he has done some amazing work for us. And And now that we he's been my best friend since uh, kindergarten. Aw. And the film industry is really gonna rapidly grow after they pass the bill. So maybe you can come back and do some projects. Big time. And he's friends with all those folks. Mm -hmm. Well, where can people find you? Where they can they find in as much and all well, the? Yeah, I guess on the World Wide Web. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> not, no, no, not your address. People, you don't need to get <laughs> Heather, Bob's going to give you a straight address. As much foundation, we're there and dot org. Yeah, well, on the internet, it's dot com. I guess maybe it's dot org. I can't remember. I think it's probably dot org. I guess it is. My email is dot org, so I guess our website. Yeah, dot org. So www.inasmuchfoundation.org or you can email me at bob.ross at inasmuchfoundation.org. Um, if anyone has any great ideas, 
send them to me because we want to we want to back things that are awesome for Oklahoma City. Awesome. Bob, well, thank you. So I'm so I energized know. about so our sad city. The time is over. I, I still know. Like, this hour goes by fast. Let's do it again. Okay. We'll yeah, do, we'll do it again. If, we'll yeah, do. if the ratings go off the chart, we'll do it again. They will, call Bob. Me they, will. Sure. they will. They will for sure. sure. Well, thank okay, you. We loved it. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at ActionCityOKC or for business inquiries, email us at hello at ActionCityOKC.com. Action City is produced by Blacken Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blacken Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll. Bankroll.